Brooklyn. Tune in and cry it out with me, DJ Susie. You're right, eroticism was a driving force behind everything I did. That's what lay behind a lot of these love songs. Yeah. Yeah. The truth was, here's you got four young men in Liverpool. Yeah. And pretty much, you were looking for a girlfriend. And you were looking for uh, sex. You know, it really was just young guys trying to get laid, as Americans would say. How did it change your life and your self-image when millions of teenage girls wanted you to make love to them? Yeah, it was very comforting, Terry. <laughs> 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 Extreme. <laughs> I, one, I'd give Aaron Rodgers some advice. It would have been nice if he'd have just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Yeah. Because that's what you did, Aaron. You lied to everyone. I understand immunized. What you were doing was taking stuff that would keep you from getting COVID-19. You got COVID-19. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. Yeah. We are a divided nation politically. We're a divided nation on the COVID-19, whether or not to take the vaccine. And unfortunately, we've got players that pretty much think only about themselves. And I'm extremely disappointed in the actions of Aaron Rodgers. Why that Oliver Stone? I'd like to deck that guy, man. What a ridiculous movie. Why did he do it? I can't figure it out. Yeah. Millions of teenage girls wanted you to make love to them. Yeah. It was very comforting, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Extreme. Why did he do it? I can't figure it out. Yeah. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow Tea, a New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow.
from the Winslow Tea Broadcast booth in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the program. I hope you're having a lovely Saturday morning, or maybe you're listening to this on a a Friday night sometime in the future. You do your own research, and I'll do mine about when you're listening to the show. I've been doing a lot of my own research. I was trying to figure out whether uh, I should drink, uh, whether water was good for me. Still doing, still researching that. Um, whether I should eat food. Like, is food something that I should eat? Gotta research that. I'm not gonna just take the government's word for it. And you should do your research about, uh, what, what radio program, um, is right for you and what I invite you to do is is listen to today's program and uh, you know and then take your vitals because you're you're basically your own doctor um, you and it's between you and and uh, it's between you and you and Joe Rogan and Papa John. Did you know Papa John? I talked about this recently on the program. I think it was when Dave was on for Costume Culture. Because I remember him sitting across from me chuckling at this. At my sad story of how I had to say, this is John from Papa John's, how can I help you? When I when I worked behind the phones as a junior in high school at uh, Papa John's and at that point it was real it was truly Papa John's establishment Papa John's charter but since then the guy's uh, gone off the rails or just what do they call it a mask a mask off Scenario where he was just, he was caught in 4K, as my students say, uh, exposing who he truly was. And so he got ousted. But the, but, um, you know, his creation lives on like a, like Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) And, but he, he's on a mission. Research team, how many pizzas does he say he's sampled in the past six months or whatever? 50,000? He goes around the country, this guy, sampling uh, Papa John's pizzas from different establishments. And he, he's doing his own research. And he says that the, the quality, since he was let go as CEO, as Papa... Is has has really plummeted. 
And I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that. Sidebar, I think we need to stop saying wrap my brain around. It's had a good run. We can't we we can't let language stagnate. Too many people trying to wrap their brain around things. Mark Marin always says that. I'm just trying to wrap my brain. Okay. We get the metaphor. Remember this song? Svanborg Kardib. Wrap your brain around this jam. But yeah, doing your own research. A lot of people doing their own research about the benefits and uh, drawbacks of daylight savings time. The, the discourse was about daylight savings was strong this this uh, this fallback. And go on Twitter every every other tweet. He claims he sampled eight hundred pizzas in eighteen months. So does he just take thank you research team? Does he just take one bite and then hurls the pizza into the street? <laughs> um Mr. Charter? Hi. Officer Thompson here. Um, we've been noticing that uh, people in the neighborhood, you have a lot of pizzas in the street. Yeah, he doesn't eat the entire pizza. Thank you, research team. He doesn't eat the entire pizza, but you sure do love the entire mashup, don't you? How about that weird transition? Who who is in the mashup? That's what I I want to ask, or want not a, I want to ask rhetorically so I can answer. If you ask yourself a question, is that rhetorical? Mashup eighty five. We've done eighty five of these. We heard uh, the um, opening drum pattern from "Break On Through" by a, a band that we're going to be talking about today. We heard this. Uh, disgusting interview with uh, Paul McCartney and Terry Gross. Both of who I am fans of. Of both of whom I have f- am fans. How am I supposed to not end, end that in a preposition? I am fans of both of them. But that was sick. I don't want to hear I bet I don't want to hear uh, Paul McCartney or Terry Gross talking about um, sex. Just two of the two of the most asexual people ch- chuckling up, chuckling it up. It's gross. So I threw it in the matchup. We heard Soul Kitchen and Waiting for the Sun, two other Doors songs. Jams that we'll talk about. We heard from uh, Terry Bradshaw talking about that one guy who does his uh, own research. Aaron Rodgers. Bad year for Jeopardy hosts. Um, I like Terry Bradshaw. 
I found out, I'm not, as you know, if you listen to the show, I'm not a big football guy, but I, I like Terry Bradshaw because I found out that he has a, um, like debilitating depression. Some Sometimes he can't even get out of bed. And he's open about that. It makes me like him. We heard from Ray Manzarek, the um, kind of, well, he was the organist and, and keyboardist for The Doors, and now he's kind of like an, a Doors ambassador. Or is he is he uh, in the spirit world now? I think he's passed on, but he uh, he's talking to, he's up in heaven talking to, if Ray Manzarek was in heaven trying to tell people, uh, curate the doors and Jim Morrison's image to to the denizens of heaven, who would he talk to? Hit me up on on a social media or text. Who who would who's Ray Manzarek talking to in heaven about how Jim was a shaman? And uh, it, uh, the mashup closed out with. Um, Single Pigeon off Red Rose Speedway. Speedway. Oh my god, we got a phone call. Race to the bottom. Hey, this is Scott Bond. Oh my goodness. What's going on? Are, are we on? Are we doing this? We're on. We're doing this. Lost in a Roman <laughs> wilderness of pain. Whoa. Oh. Children are insane. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm trying to get you, uh, seeing if I can get you any louder. You sound kind of quiet. Do you want me to do my Jim Morrison imitation even louder? Um, yes. Well, <laughs> I guess it just, they don't turn these phones up loud enough and, 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 uh, at this studio. It's an ongoing complaint that I have, but we're I guess we'll just have to deal with it. How's well, it going? We, we know pretty good. Um I'm drinking my Winslow tea. You know, I know that Jim Morrison enjoyed the Winslow tea. It goes back that far, yeah. doesn't it? Uh founded in eighteen seventy two. Yeah. Yeah. So if, he was an original spokesperson <laughs> or uh, in the sixties, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I gotta, I gotta play this, this uh, background music. Our, our, our friend, uh, listener Tim, gave us some, some uh, background music, and this will be good to see if you can hear, hear this because we're gonna be playing songs and um, talking about them. So, tell me if you can hear. Wait for it, Scott Bunn. Can you hear uh, this? Can you hear that? Yeah, I, I, I hear some I hear some drums. Oh yeah. I hear some organ music. Yeah. By one, Mr. Ray Mantera. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a remix uh, that uh, listener Tim made. So so yeah, we're we're gonna be talking about the doors today with, with my friend Scott Bunn, who is a a a, a hyphenate, a multi hyphenate. <laughs> right? Writer, radio sure. host, um, dad, soccer coach. Eh. No, no, 
it just keep going. Let's talk about the doors. Let's talk about me. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, uh, host host of uh, Run That Back. The, the uh, name changed since I talked right. to you last. Uh, Run That Back, still indie sports radio, still on Asheville FM. My my old uh, stomping grounds, and I. Wanted to talk. To, uh, I'm trying to figure this. How do you get a sister station? I think Radio Free Brooklyn and and Asheville FM should be sister stations. What do you think about that, Scott? Uh, I, I love the idea. I mean, on behalf of Asheville FM, I don't think I can speak for them. I, I, I'm prepared to say yes to this union. Yeah, why not? You know, they, they do just like do it right now. Like, we're sister stations. We just did it. <laughs> So, so yeah, so Scott's show uh, is on on our sister station, Asheville FM, um, and he does um, with Tom Chalmers. They do they do indie sports radio. They talk about sports. They know a ton about sports, but it's uh, it's fun and approachable, and they don't scream. and And uh, they know that uh, both teams tried their best, right? What's the thing? Yeah. Both teams tried hard. Yeah, both teams played hard. That's the old. Rashid Wallace um, answer one one interview. That's every question a reporter asked him. He said both teams play. <laughs> it's good. That's the kind of the, that's the, the vibe that you guys bring. And and Scott also writes recliner notes, which this year is just about Bob Dylan. But it's gonna uh, it's who are you gonna do next? The Doors. Breaking news, it is not going to be the story. <laughs> okay. I believe you. Uh, yeah, but it, but really great um, writing, and, and a, you're, you're kind of going uh, song by song. You've What, you chose 500 songs? How many songs do you choose from Bob Dylan? 80, 80. and I'm in 50-something. Okay. So, yeah, I'm getting there. And, and Bob Dylan, uh, his lyrics give you the opportunity to kind of do these big kind of connective things where you bring in a bunch of kind of surprising um, ephemera and tidbits and, and people and places and, and kind of jumble them all together as, as, as Mr. Dylan uh, likes to do in his songs, right? It's a pastiche. Yeah. That's as good of a explanation of recliner notes as I've, Heard, uh, better than what I've been able to do. Yeah, and it depends on the song. Sometimes I go deep on, you know, the song based on the lyrics. Sometimes it goes all over the place. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, so I think I was on your show talking about the Mets and stuff. On I was on Run That Back, and we we were pre-recording, and then for some reason, after we had talked about sports, we started talking about the doors for about a half an hour yes. um and we just kind of, one does. yeah yes. and we we realized that we needed to do a, a, a show about the doors um and you know jim morrison and and their legacy i put po- i posted a thing on facebook this week um in preparation for the show and asked people kind of what their vibe was on the doors and it's I don't think that there's a, a band that is more um, – can you think of a band that kind of most everyone who who – actually everyone who responded to this thing, I, I just said like, what are your thoughts about The Doors, Love, Hate, Indifferent, uh, 
what's your vibe and people just uh everybody has these this kind of ambivalent feeling towards this band right i i think that's right i mean I, and i think that was the the tenor of our conversation i don't know how we got on the doors mm-hmm. with the mats but um but it but it is true that, uh, i mean they continue to be you can turn on a classic rock radio station right now um, somewhere in the nation, and they are playing the doors right now. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they have an enduring legacy, um, and there's something about them, and we'll probably talk about that. Mm-hmm. But and and you know, image, um, but also the music indoors, but indoors. You know, nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But, you know, the uh, some of those songs are great. Some of those songs are awful, just mm-hmm. terrible. And then some of the songs is are great. And then within the song, I'm like, this this is terrible. This moment is mm-hmm. awful right here. And so I, I just get thrown wildly in the car that is the Doors music. Yeah, I so um to I'm trying to put these two thoughts in some kind of order. So but first first of all, I you're a, you're slightly older than I am uh by a few years. Um uh, but I'm wondering I got super into the doors when uh, I think a lot of people did when the movie came out and Mike yeah. Vago said that, you know, the movie came out and he was in college and, and people left, right and up, upstairs, downstairs were all blasting the doors all of a sudden when the, the movie came out. And that is, that does line up with, uh, when the doors kind of, but I was already kind of on a classic. I was, I, in like fifth grade, I started buying tapes and, and, uh, you know, getting my, Best of Jimi Hendrix and my best of Doors, and then a few years later the movie came out. Um, is that does that line up with with you? Where, when did the Doors enter? Because I guess it was always like you said on classic rock, but I feel like they had this this Oliver Stone movie, which we'll talk about, had kind of this outsized um, effect on on their kind of relationship to our culture, right? That's right. So they kind of came in a couple of waves here. So, you know, first, the late 60s, this was before I was born, but that's, you know, when they're making the music. By the way, they were only around for four years. Wow, 1967 yeah. 67 to 71, like the same amount of time one spends in college. And they released, uh, like, albums every six months. So that's kind of an insane amount of material for four years is what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Um, And then they got another big wave around like 80 or 81 um, when this book called No One Here Mm -hmm. Gets Not Alive came out. And my sister had it and she read it. She was in high school. So I was, you know, in elementary school, maybe right around middle school. But she read it, and so she listened to The Doors then, and I kind of knew it. But, like, that book was really a big deal. It was kind of red and yellow, looked like flames. Yeah. Kind of look, 
look subversive and a little illicit, you know. So it was kind of in the house. So I kind of knew about him then. And then the next wave, you know, classic rock radio, you know, took off again, sort of in the late 80s. Um, I think as like, you know, sort of pop radio got kind of, well, that's another conversation. But then late 80s, classic rock starts coming in. And yeah, and then the movie comes out. And as you said, like, I was a big classic rock guy then. Yeah. But like, everybody was kind of got the Doors greatest hits, like that double CD. And and it was part of that Columbia house. Do you remember the old Columbia mm-hmm. house? Thing? Oh, yeah. Like, sign up for, you know, 10 bucks and you get... 150 CDs, but then you owe them $150, (laughs) whatever that racket was. But anyway, so I think I got the Doors Critics hits from that. And then, yeah, the movie, yeah, I I know we're going to talk about it, but it it was huge. It was just ginormous. And that, I think, both helped slash harm their reputation. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I th- I think that tracks for me that timeline just as far as I I, I read the uh, No One Here Gets Out Alive book. I remember being on a camping trip with uh, Doctor Dad, my my dad, your doctor. Uh, you know that guy. Okay. Um, and uh, reading No One Here Gets Out Alive. Um, you know after we'd set up camp and stuff. Um, I. My vibe with the doors, and I was I got super into them with with my friend listener Tim, who who made that uh, remix that uh, you heard earlier. But I still had this feeling, uh, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, where within a song, I could uh, turn, <laughs> I could turn like uh, you know, yeah. you hear the intro and you're like, oh man, that's really. They they had a, a funkiness to them for a couple of kind of, you know, especially the the actual band Raymond Zarek and John Densmore were pretty kind of had a bit of a stick up their butts in a way, but kind of were super funky still. Uh, yeah, had this, but anyway, I kind of liken the Doors to Onion Rings. Um, Is this where you landed? Yeah. yeah. Where, uh, if you hadn't ha- haven't had an onion ring in a while, uh, and you get some with a, with a burger or something, you're like, oh my god, onion rings are amazing. Why do I not eat onion rings more? They're like the perfect food. And you have like uh, two more onion rings, and then you're like, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm not gonna. I I don't need to have another onion ring for. A long time. And that's kind of how I feel with the doors. I, you know, especially this, get preparing this week for the show. I've listened to more doors than I probably have since I was in sixth grade. And it, it, it's a short shelf life, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, all of that resonates with me. And by the way, listeners, John and I have been texting back and forth trying to find an analogy for the doors and never quite nailed it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I co-sign on the, uh, on the onion ring 
uh, analogy. I, I'm in on that. But yeah, I, I listen to way too many, too much of the Doors music this week, and I, I, I've had my fill of onion rings as well. Um, <laughs> but they're not without merit. No, um, as you said, like they are full of surprises when you listen to it and you're like that's actually kind of cool and you're right like Ray Manzarek with his like you know hairstyle and mm-hmm. glasses and everything like that it doesn't kind of look like a rock god no I don't think he ever really was um, but he had affecting he created affecting music compelling music Let's hear a little moment of of their affecting music here, Scott. Is this one of your uh, uh, favorite door songs, Scott? You, you, what do you feel about People Are Strange off of Strange Days? Well, I didn't put it on my list, though I um, I, I like it. Um, it doesn't make me want to throw anything through a window <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Um, I've always liked it. Uh, I like the message that people are strange. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in on that. You know, good message. Uh, I also like it was used in the movie Lost Boys. Did you ever see Lost Boys? No. Uh, with uh, Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah. The, I know which movie you're Corys. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the Corys were in it. And it's kind of like a campy vampire movie set in Santa Cruz. And that song plays in the in the beginning, you know, right around, I think I saw it before I saw the doors movie. So that maybe was a runway for me into the door. Mm-hmm. I get that, that song, song I, stuck I, in my bro. head. Sometimes people are strange. Um, for some reason, um, <laughs> people are doing their own research. <laughs> uh, what's What's a song that you put on your, your favorite list? All right, the first one I put on there was one that you used in your mix is is Break On Through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I, for me, I, I've never gotten tired of that song. Um, I, It's always great. It has a cool groove to it. Mm-hmm. kind of weird. Uh, I, I also... You mentioned Mike Vega earlier. Mike Vega and I realized, like, he could do it as a lounge singer. Mm-hmm. Well, the day destroys the night. Come on, <laughs> night divides the day. Try the veal. You know, like, it It has that feel to it, too. So, it, yeah, like if Steve Martin were doing a bit, like he, or like Bill Murray's character from SNL. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I could do a lot of Doors songs as that character. But... I, I always kind of liked it, so I, I'm 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 pro break on through. How about you? Is, is yes or no? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's let's listen to a second of it before I answer. I'm I'm pro 
pro break on through. Uh, yeah. And this is kind of their mission statement in a way. Uh, they, you know, it, it kind of has a reference. You know, I think the Doors got their name from uh, the Aldous Huxley, Huxley thing from, uh, what's that essay that he wrote? When the Doors of Perception are cleansed, you can see in, for infinity or whatever. Yeah. His, well, it's a, I think it, it's a, it's a Blake, William uh, Blake quote that Huxley then used. So I think the name of the essay is The Doors of Perception, but I could be wrong on that, but, um, yeah, I, that's you're a, right. That's you're right. I understand it. William Blake wrote that if the doors of perception were cleansed, then everything would appear to man as it is infinite. For man has closed Dude. himself up till he sees all things through narrow chinks of his cavern. So kind of a Dude, break on through. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Come br- on. break on through to the other side, right? This uh, kind of, and this was the f- the first song on their first album, also, and the f- and the song that they played um, uh, on Ed Sullivan as they kind of made their uh, way into everybody's living rooms. And there's the part where. Uh, he says, "Everybody loves my baby. Uh, she gets high, and that was a they. They tried to get him to not say that on uh, on air, and then he, as the bad boy that uh, Jim Morrison was, he looked right in the camera and said, "She gets high, right? <laughs> what a bad boy! Come on. <laughs> so that I think." I think every appearance now, when I whenever I come on Race to the Bottom, I'm just going to say the Jim Morrison, come on, at random <laughs> moments. That's going to be my catchphrase on Race to the Bottom. I like it. So th- I think we've led seamlessly into the heart of the matter is Jim Morrison. I think that he's he is the um, both the catalyst of the doors and also the, the kind of maybe the element in the onion rings uh that kind of gets kind of cloying after after three or four um yeah i I mean but also need to say i like the music that's created by the doors but it's not as if i would ever listen to that music without jim morrison mm -hmm. either so i mean i think they're they're tied at the hip it's kind of like carnival music or something yeah. <laughs> like but really funky carnival music. Kind of like white jazz carnival yes. music. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Jim Morrison was this this kind of uh he he was born in like Lakeland, Florida and uh I think or he he was an East Coast guy which is yeah. a bit of an, an anomaly. I can't remember if he was born in Florida and then went to co- or maybe he went to college in Florida and he was born no, he was grew up in Alexandria, Virginia and his dad was a um a military guy who was really uh high ranking and was involved in the Gulf of Tonkin. Um yeah. And, yeah, and Morrison was a navy brat, so he moved around a lot. Yeah. And then he uh Ended up going to UCLA for film school. Um, uh, you forgot that during a road trip when he was a kid, supposedly a spirit of a dead Native American entered his body. Yes. You forgot about that in your biographical overview. <laughs> yes. Probably the grossest uh, part of his 
uh, biography uh, by far, yeah. and something that he he trades on, uh, you know, throughout his life is that he, yeah, it's uns- unsure. He kind of changed whether it was <laughs> the uh, the one Native American or like a whole family of Native Americans entered his body. Um, oh my God! Can you believe he just said that sentence out loud? Yeah. So. So that's part of why he's so deep, Scott, is that he's got <laughs> he's got the spirits of uh, uh, dead Native Americans that died in a car crash that he drove past um, inside yeah, of him. Yeah. Um, supposedly, like, as he was graduating from school, you know, it's hard when you graduate from college. You don't know what to do with yourself. I had a little freak out when I graduated college. You, you don't... Your path is uncertain. Jim Morrison uh, lived on a rooftop and and took massive amounts of LSD. That's what he did. Um, yeah. And supposedly the myth is he went through this metamorphosis. He used to be kind of this chubby guy who wasn't even really into music. And then he uh, maybe maybe it was the Native American spirits inside of him, but he, they directed him, uh, or maybe it was the the acid uh <laughs> there's there's a lot that we could choose from but yeah yes, keep going <laughs> he uh he's kind of slimmed down he he uh grew his hair long he started hearing these songs uh started writing these songs down and then he ran into ray manzarek on the beach and and uh sang to him um Let's swim to the moon, right? Uh, let's climb to the tide. And, and, uh, Ray Manzarek was like, let's start a band. That's awesome. Your lyrics are so cool. Uh, I, and can I, I just want to say just for that, like, I actually think the writing on the, on Moonlight Drive, like mm-hmm. that song that you were just quoting from, I love the lyrics from yeah. that song. Like, I think, that writing is really good. Um, it might be all downhill from there mm-hmm. um, because there's restraint. There, there's beautiful imagery, but there's restraint. Um, there's wordcraft in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's choosing his images um, judiciously. I, I love the writing in that. And uh, I don't know if I could use any of those descriptions from any of the songs mm-hmm. that came after mm-hmm. um, The city sleeps too high. Yeah. Um, no, it's the, and you know, Scott, he, Jim was a poet though. That was the thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is there a, is there have you, a, have you ever tried to, have you ever tried to, when you were in your sixth grade doors phase, did you try to read his poetry? Uh, no, the closest that I got to experiencing his poetry is the, there are uh, a few songs like, uh, horse latitudes where he like screams his poetry, um, in yeah. some doors songs. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've listened to some of his poetry. Uh, he's he does. He has this American Prayer was kind of his swan song, right? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I see. I, I assume you have uh, braved those waters. 
uh, I tried a little bit and was like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous and dropped the book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that was, I, I think, in my education slash re-education phase mm-hmm. of my doors fandom. But keep going. Um, so then the, the, you know, the group forms, Jim is a, is a provocateur. He's kind of a drunk. Um, he, he likes to push. He's, uh, his Ray Manzarek, um, who, who, as I said earlier, is kind of the ambassador for, for the Doors image. I don't know if there's a band, maybe Queen, who, what what a band is is as obsessed with their own uh, image and how they're perceived by history more than the Doors. Um, yeah, you're right. That's a really good comparison, but I I don't think anybody tops the Doors. Yeah, because um, because yeah, like Ray Manzarek yeah. likes to go talk, or he's 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 not with us anymore, right? I I don't know Ray Manzarek. Um, Research team. Research team, can you see if Ray Manzarek is still with us? But he he likes to or, or liked to talk about how uh, Jim was a shaman. Uh, he was he was willing to go out there on the edge that and no one else was willing to do so in his black leather pants. Um, you know, and he pushed the envelope. He got a, arrested for. Uh, exposing himself in Miami on stage, like inciting riots, kind of a Travis Scott vibe. Um, maybe too soon for that. Um, uh, you know, but definitely pushed, pushed people, you know, and pushed the envelope. Um, and then ended Uh, up dying young. That's right. And by the way, Ray Manzarek did pass away in 2013. Yes. Uh, My research team. My research team. Yeah, yeah, helped out yeah. there. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, I think another person, uh, another band, sort of always sort of um, sculpting the legacy is Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many reissues of the same, you know, five albums we've had yeah. um, of that. But I think the doors are there because, like I said, like Ray Manzarek or the doors only were around for four years. Jim Morrison was a star for four years. Yeah. And I think Manzarek knew, like, we got to use this guy mm-hmm. while we've got him. Um, recognizing him as a sort of singular um, personality, um, a star, you know. Um, and yeah. so they release these albums every six months, and they've been working on that legacy ever since. Yeah. And 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 then uh, so Jim kind of flew flew too close to the sun. There's kind of um, disputes about how how specifically he died, but it was definitely I think it was mostly alcohol. There's you know that so uh, and then we get into kind of his mythology, which I think really you know was there. There was the book No One Here Gets Out Alive, uh, which kind of started was kind of the first. Um, you know, kind of the cornerstone of, of this mythology. And then, and then Oliver Stone used that book, but then kind of rewrote a lot of the facts in his screenplay, uh, for this doors movie, um, which is, 
one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, it it really is. Um, yeah. I, also, there's a couple of things. First of all, I, I kind of enjoy Val Kilmer's performance. Mm-hmm. I think he does a good job despite the insanity that's happening around him on the movie, what's being portrayed. I, I think, like, he gives it a good faith effort, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, inhabiting this guy, and sometimes you kind of think it is him, you know. Um, um, but it's also a biopic, you know, which, you know, it's like one of the worst biopics I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, there, the worst things about biopics, I, I've said this before, but it's like, sometimes they have to choose, like, one line as a stand-in for, like, yeah paragraphs of you know explanation and context and so like there's a scene in the doors where like somebody's walking through a room the camera moves through a room and you just hear the guy playing john densmore say i think we still have two or three more blues albums than us. <laughs> and you're like nobody talks like that yeah you know? yeah but like it, it's just like a stand-in for a whole line of thinking that would be in a liner note or somebody's yeah. essay about the door. It's it's dialogue it's dialogue as exposition, right? Yes. Um where you yeah, you need to push the story forward um and you, so you have somebody saying uh like Jim, I'm I'm really concerned about your current behavior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How hey, far sir, are you going to push it before you uh, you end up dying and leaving us uh, the the other three members of the band to negotiate your legacy for the next uh, four decades? Or there are young men dying in jungles right across that ocean, man. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I, there were that movie is insane. Uh, as a whatever 16 year old, it exposed me to these things that I had never seen before in a movie being inhabited by the ghost of a narrative mm-hmm. Native American <laughs> that you drove past. Mm-hmm. That's one. Yeah. Number two, satanic witch blood yeah. sex ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Never seen that before. That was cool. Uh, number three, taking psychedelic drugs in the desert. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, that's where psychedelic drugs are consumed, in a desert. Yeah. And I had to Google which came first in terms of receiving oral sex in an elevator. Uh-huh. Was it this movie or the Aerosmith song, Love oh, in an Elevator? Which was first? Yeah, it was Aerosmith. It was but, Aerosmith. You know, yeah. But anyways, those were the first things <laughs> that that movie exposed me to. So I think that uh, I watched this as part of my research, Scott. I watched this hour-long, um, ex- extremely exhausted, exhaust. well, it was exhausted, exhaustive um, YouTube video that this super fan did where they went through the movie and tried to... Um, um, debunk everything in the movie that that Oliver Stone got wrong, and and it was pretty convincing that a lot of our kind of misconceptions about Jim Morrison, or at least the 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 picture that we have of Jim Morrison as being this kind of loud buffoon, uh, kind of uh, dolt, um, you know, 
in yeah. leather pants and like belching all over, you know, just like uh comes from Oliver Stone's depiction of them of of Jim Morrison and that he was actually much more uh intelligent. He was not as um big of a jerk. A lot of these like satanic rituals and and things were just sensationalized. Um and and the most convincing uh argument for that is like you said before, they had an incredible output of uh, material uh, in four years, they're they're working their their butts off, you know, touring, right, do, recording albums, writing like pretty prolifically. Um, there just wouldn't be enough time for Jim to be as much of a waste of space as as he uh, seems to be in the movie. What are your thoughts on that? I yeah, I I, I go along with it. Yes, um, it, it it's. Yes, it's insanity on film. It's not without its entertaining moments, um, but it feels like it's a fictional portrayal of this true life guy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, you wanted let's let's end up with talking about uh, waiting for the sun. We have about five minutes left. Uh, you said that you had, uh, and this might be a, a great illustration because you said you have kind of a uh, kind of a weird relationship to your feelings about this song, right? Yeah, when I was in high school, I loved that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved it. I thought it was really deep and really cool. Let's um, let's listen to a then, second of it real quick. Do it. At first glance of Eden, we race down to the sea. That's a pretty cool opening uh, line, right? And his voice—his voice sounds cool. You have to admit that for somebody who had zero training and didn't even realize that he could sing until he was up on a rooftop uh, <laughs> uh, okay. ingesting like uh, ten strips of acid. Uh, He's—he can. The guy can sing all right. Yeah, and. The organ sounds are really kind of weird in yeah. that, um, you know, and the melody that you were just playing is is interesting. Like yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm into it. Uh, the problem is the chorus. Yeah, um, here it's right here because it's, you're gonna play. Waiting for. It it kind of reminds me of reeling in the years, the Steely Dan song. Where I really love the uh, verses, and they're so funky, and then you're like, Are you reeling in the years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like, I, I think at some point, I, much later than high school, I was like, oh, I should listen to Waiting for the Sun. I always liked that <laughs> song. And we got to the chorus, and he just keeps saying, Waiting for the sun, yeah. waiting for the sun, <laughs> waiting for the sun, like, and it's like that old Simpsons joke about like uh, Bart is on TV and like my job is being repetitive. My job, repetitive, <laughs> repetitiveness is my job. So it's just like, okay, I get it. You are waiting for the sun, 
established receive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have just done a sick solo once he kind of he uh, stated the theme. Just have uh, Robbie Krieger just rip a solo for t- two minutes. Maybe. Yeah, even even his guitar solos, like sometimes I'm like, wow, he's terrific. And yeah. then sometimes I'm like, is that good? Like, yeah. I think I can play that. It doesn't sound <laughs> that great. It's just a weird thing. Uh, yeah, they're just such a strange, strange band. Um yeah, and so, uh, like, Waiting for the Sun, it just sounds half-written, you know? Yeah. Waiting for my son. You ever, what if you're, like, <laughs> if your kid's taking a really long time to get ready? You ever, um, do you, you have a son or daughter? I have both. So you could sing, Waiting for my son. I, it gets even better, John Reed. How about... Waiting for Scott Bunn, <laughs> waiting for Scott Bunn. <laughs> On that note, I think I I think that we um uh, didn't figure out the doors. I'm just gonna no. say it. This was fun, but I think that they are uh, a complete enigma. And uh, I th- I think you're right. That's that's exactly right. Well, it was fun though. It's all about the journey, right? <laughs> Yeah, man, we're gonna ride the snake to yeah. the lake. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even get into some of his worst lines. Ride the snake to the lake. <laughs> the blue bus is calling us. The whole the uh, the end is is rough uh, stuff. Cancel my subscription to the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, the scream of the butterfly. Oh, oh yeah. They make me. Oh, I kind of want to throw up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Scott, we'll do this again. I th- I think even though we didn't figure anything out, it was it was a it was a blast. Thanks for being on the show. This is a weekly show now, right? Yeah. We're only going to dissect the doors. From Dissecting now on. the doors. Yeah. Um, what do you do? Installing a door? Um, I don't know. What do you What do you do? Slamming the door. <laughs> Slamming the doors. There we go. All right. <laughs> We at least got our episode title. Thanks, this Scott. This really fun. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Good guy. Good guy. Um, if you're listening to this on your, um, what, is, what is it? On your computer, you can download the app for your phone. Uh, check out our newsletter. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Uh, you can also donate there if, if you feel like uh, the, the uh, in-depth analysis is, is worth your money. I think it is. Um, we're going to close out with a, a song by request by our buddy Jay Domena. This is – I've not heard this before. This is uh, by, by a band called Men, and the song I think is called Trust – um, and he said I should play this on my show, so I'm going to. Jay has great taste in music, so I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, up next is Crime Talk BK with Joanna Perpich. Next week on the program, it is your um, annual prepisode. I got Chris Mata and uh, Kyle McCarthy in studio next week, uh, helping you figure out what you're going to do for Thanksgiving. 
um, and it will be a blast. Um, have a great week. Thanks again to Scott Bunn. I'm John Reed. Race to the bottom. Peace.